On this week's Talk and Tech with Talent Hub, we look back over 2019 and look forward to 2020. We'll review the ups, downs, swings and misses of technology. At home, we've seen more job announcements, further cash injections to homogenous companies, and the Aries has had a couple of finally seen some benefits. Europe wide, we still wait on economic tender hooks as the Brexit can is kicked further down the road. Internationally, we discover that the Mark Zuckerberg we were introduced in a social network is not quite as cool as the real guy. He stumbled and struggled his way through Congress. But before we begin our review, let's get some intros out of the way. I'm Rob Griffin, senior recruiter here at Talent Hub. I'm Stephen Kilgallen, senior tech recruiter here at Talent Hub, joined by our super host, Sarah Costello. Hi guys! Feel free to join in the conversation, the community, on our LinkedIn group, Talk and Tech with Talent Hub. If you're on the search for a new job opportunity, check out our website, talenthub.ie. 2019 has come and gone. Naturally, in tech, uh, things move very quickly. I think we'd be here all night, if not for a few days, talking about everything that's happened over the course of the year. Um, but definitely some interesting you know, topics of conversation to, to cover. I think there's been a lot of news around 5G being rolled out, um, and there's definitely been a lot of companies that have been, well, not a lot, a few companies that have been the kind of front, front runners in terms of pumping in the investment to, to actually roll it out. Yeah, I think Ireland's probably got a lot to learn from um, the US. T-Mobile in the United States have basically mm. rolled it across countrywide. Here in Ireland and even the UK, I think Vodafone are probably the front runners. Uh, but I think the biggest issue with 5G, it's great. The use cases are class, but you need a compatible device, which is ruins the purpose. Like my phone doesn't work, your phone doesn't work yeah. with it. You want to spend like at least twelve hundred euro, I think, for like the latest, like latest smartphone, or yeah, or whatever, like yeah. to actually make it work. Um, but I, I don't think the five G that's available. I don't think it's like proper five G. Um, there's definitely a lot of limitations around it. Like mm. I think to actually have five G that the consumer will actually think about having. I think we're gonna have to kick the can a couple of years down the line. It's, yeah. it's definitely gonna require billions of euro dollars whatever in investments like like t-mobile for example there are so many limitations around the, the, the 5g uh, that they've incorporated um i think one of the things is around their low bandwidth and then even verizon they've actually started rolling it out in chicago and minneapolis just to kind of test the waters and see if it actually works and i think one of the biggest kind of sectors to benefit in the future, I would think, from 5G, probably self-driving cars. Yeah, yeah, that's one of those kind of big areas coming up this last year as well, but that sense of autonomous vehicles is fantastic. We've seen that. Mm. But I looked at the use cases of 5G for the past year. I think one area that I think is fascinating, but it's not there yet, is medical in 5G. Yeah. Um, so there's a case that they used in order to justify 5G coming out of the market. So basically a surgeon put on haptic gloves, like you would do if you're using the Wii or something like that. And they actually performed surgery on someone across the globe with robotic arms. That's mad. Based on the 5G network. So mm. although it's annoying that me or you or Sarah doesn't get 5G signal, it's not as bad as how many lives could potentially be lost or how many 
this or that could be lost by it not having the infrastructure behind it. Mm. So although it's a great thing for 2019, I think it needs a lot more work for 2020. Yeah. Um, but touch upon 5G as well, I think one area I want to touch upon is 6G. Believe it or not, it's actually started being researched and developed. And I pronounce it this way. You mightn't. Wowie. Wowie. Uh, and just for clarification, <laughs> when I say Wowie, I mean a company that's spelled H-U-W-E-I. They've started researching 6G over the last year. But over the last year, they've had a, a pretty shocking year, I'd say. I think you might have actually spelled it wrong, Rob. Did I? <laughs> H-U-A-W-E-I. Okay. Did I, did I pronounce it right? That's why you're pronouncing it wrong. Yeah, that's probably it. Um, so what, they're investing in 6G? Yep, R&D. I started off in China. Because actually, they, were the, they started off, I think, building out 5G. Um, but they've had a bit of an up and down year. Or, Shocking. Yeah. I think, yeah. They had a US ban for a while. Mm-hmm. Not anymore. So essentially, the Play Store, uh, operated by Google, didn't ban them, but they stopped pushing updates on their Android devices. So if you wanted to update your Wowie, I'm saying it that way, go phone, uh, you actually had to manually go in and get an update. Whereas if you were in your like device, mm. it would just do it automatically. Yeah. Which doesn't seem like too much of a big thing. But it annoyed enough people to drive their cost per device mm. down massively. Um, I was lucky this year. I bought a Huawei phone. Amazing. Yeah. Dirt cheap. <laughs> Pretty much free. Um, so uh, I would say of this year, if you would go into anything, if you want a little bit of risk, buy a Huawei device. Yeah. Dirt cheap. It's actually funny. When I was living in Vancouver, uh, when the CFO got detained in Canada, I used to walk to work by the courthouse every single day and I believe she was detained there for like a week or so trying to get bail and the media storm was like absolutely ridiculous cameras um, and reporters outside oh it was absolutely insane but they've obviously turned a corner it seems to be decided so they actually have some jobs being announced in Dublin I think as well mm. um, which kind of it's another big area that we saw in 2019 as well is this increase of other multinationals coming to Dublin Obviously, yeah. we're used to having the Silicon Docs, the Googles, the LinkedIn's, the Facebooks, everything else. Yeah. But we start seeing other European and multinational players coming in. Mm. I think that's not necessarily a trend for 2019. That's a trend for the 2010s in yeah. Dublin. Uh, but here's hoping it keeps going to 2020. Yeah, you, you mentioned Facebook there. <clears throat> um, Mark Zuckerberg hasn't had the best year, I would say. I think from a PR point of view, uh, it's fairly shocking. Um, I kind of mentioned the intro there but when I thought of Mark Zuckerberg I thought of Jesse Eisenberg and Social Network yeah. such Someone, a good movie amazing I love it uh, but he's so sarky and dry and whip smart mm. and then I saw the videos of him in front of Congress wasn't the same guy no um, I'm surprised he didn't wear his flip flops into the, the courthouse and his gap hoodie yeah 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 didn't show up let me down yeah wear a suit and um he, he really reminds me of uh, an android or some kind of <laughs> uh, but it's mad that they've even <coughs> so it was 2016 they were voted the best place in the world mm-hmm. to work for as of 2019 they've gone up to 23rd so even like last year they fell 16 places on Glassdoor yeah but you can see it in the last year they've had a letter written to them and himself by his staff mm. saying they don't believe in their algorithm 
on their advertisement side, especially when it comes to bias and towards politics. Yeah. Which has been, I don't know if you want to start discussing this, uh, but 2019 has been a major turning point for politics on social media. Yeah. Jack Dorsey on Twitter saying he's not going to support political ads or sponsor them. Yeah, they've banned it completely now, Twitter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so I think there's good and bad in 2019 overall. Yeah. Um, I'm an optimist by nature, mm. so I can only assume we're in for hopefully a good 2020. Definitely, yeah. and I think even looking closer to home, I think Ireland have had an unbelievable year yeah. in terms of investing in the tech sector. Um, one mark that kind of sticks out is Cork. Like I keep seeing startups and Enterprise Ireland getting um, funding for companies that mm. are based in Cork or whether it's Galway. Um, so it's just nice to see there's been investment pumped into the country that's not necessarily in Dublin. Um, yeah. So yeah, I think it's been a great great year both locally and yeah some interesting topics I think it comes down to that decentralisation I think a lot of it comes down to the NBP which once again I'm not going to say it refer back to episode one of yeah. our podcast where we talked ad nauseum about it intranet for everyone basically in a nutshell yeah, yeah. Um, so all you guys not alone can be uh, <laughs> all sort of with fibre optic <laughs> uh, but no 2020 listen let's not go into it too much because if I gamble on it and I'm optimist, I, I don't like that risk. But if I'm looking forward to areas that I'm excited to find out more about, it's in the AI, AOR space. Yeah. Uh, it's autonomous. So it looks at autonomous drive and then puts it mm. back to the 5G side. Yeah. Um, and then just a bit more kind of my job point of view. I, I'm seeing Python and Ruby, Java and Kotlin becoming the bigger stacks in the local area as well. Yeah, I, I think the biggest trend for that I've noticed personally is definitely around the autonomous driving. You have so many companies out now that are investing in it. Like so Walmart, there's been betas in Vegas, mm. San Francisco that actually have autonomous driving taxis that they're running out of beta at the moment. And Volkswagen are also jumping on the bandwagon. Drum roll. But <laughs> I'm <laughs> Sarah of, a, start that later. Of, of autonomous driving um, and then Uber as well they've yeah. partnered with Volvo I believe um, so I think that's definitely it, uh, an area that we're going to see grow quite a lot in 2020 and then yeah you mentioned the, the kind of languages that are going to be trending over 2020 like Python you mentioned for example like we're seeing in, in Ireland is such a hub it's becoming now in data analytics data science Python is at the core of a lot of that. Like even if you look at NASA, like if mm. finding a black hole, there's a lot of Python behind that, which sounds yeah. ridiculous. Um, but yeah, that that's definitely going to keep going. Um, I suppose trying to compete with Java. Um, I th I think it's fairly safe to assume, and there, there's definitely a good bit of research behind it. The Java, and JVM are probably the most popular languages utilized, and then you mentioned Kotlin, for example. So, yeah. Kotlin, Scala, Clojure, Groovy, they're all use, they all use JVM for their runtime. Um, and then line with that spring, I definitely think it's probably going to be the most utilised framework 2020. Watch this space. Watch the space, is right. So, on to the candidate question section of the podcast. Um, I suppose I'll take the first one, Stephen, if that's okay. Go for it. Uh, so, something that we've been asked is, what's the best advice you can give someone who is doing a technical test? 
Um, so the majority of the technical tests that my candidates have come across over the past you know, six months or so have been around the front end space. There's two times. There's one where you have a take home exercise and there's another one in which you go to the office and do it in person. Um, take home exercise, there's very little advice I can give you because I'm not going to explain how to do your job to a tech person. Mm. But one thing I will say to anyone is set the expectations to the person giving you the test. If you feel like you don't have enough time, say it to them. There's two results. One is, they'll give you more time to do it, which is great. Or two is, if you feel under pressure and it's not fully finished, you can say, I said it won't be. You gave me one week, I say this exercise is going to take two weeks. If it's not fully complete, send in what you've done and say, I could have done this in two weeks. Yeah. Without being cocky, just mm. be very humble about it, but just be very straightforward about time frames. It shows that you know what you're doing, it shows that you know your own strengths and weaknesses and how quick you can turn this around. And it's nothing wrong with being a perfectionist that needs time. When it comes to on-the-job, so to speak, tech tests, in which you go into the office, you go to a PC, there's a CTO sitting to your right, and to your left is the entire tech team. A few points again. I'm not going to tell you how to do the tech, but... One thing they check is your communication skills, and not everyone knows this, and humility. So, don't be afraid to ask questions, either to the team or the CTO during this tech test. Raise your hand, show that you have the ability to say, I'm struggling, and get someone to explain it to you. There's no shame in it. Absolutely it not. shows that you want to get this right. You're not just doing it as a sole person. Um, and it shows that you also have the ability to have a bit of crack with the mm. people there as well. That's important. People want Absolutely. to work in a good culture. They want to work with people who will get along with them. Um, and be confident to speak to those lads and girls around you. Like It's a case where you're going to work with these guys. Have a bit of banter with them. You're sitting there for potentially two, three hours in a tech test. They're working. Get to know them. Make sure it's the company you want to work with. Do you want to drink with these guys on a Friday evening? Am we going to look forward to working with these guys on a Monday morning? That's the best time. you got got on-the-job experience. Definitely. And you get a sense of what the job's going to be like. It's like a little demo. Yeah. Um, so I'm not going to go too further into this, but the key things you should take away is don't be afraid to ask questions. Be confident to speak to people around you and set expectations around mm. time frames. Yeah, I think something in the interview process that gets somewhat overlooked a little bit is questions at the end of an interview. Um. A lot of times people ask questions for the sake of just asking a question. Mm -hmm. You always want to ask questions that are engaging, showcase that you're ambitious, you're enthusiastic about the company, you've, you know, you're interested in the opportunity. So a lot of people will ask very generic questions like what's the team structure? Um, you know, what, what would be my kind of daily responsibilities? What's the tech stack? If you're dealing with a good recruiter, let's say, they should be able to tell you all of that information. So you shouldn't need to go in and ask these very generic questions because the question at the end of the interview are your kind of lasting impression, especially if it's a phone interview. It can be quite difficult to build a rapport over the phone. Those last maybe three, four minutes will be the last impression that you'd have. You could be in a group of 10 people that have done interviews back to back. So 
if you're dealing with a good recruiter, you should ask the recruiter those type of kind of mm -hmm. functional questions around technology and, and how the company operates and that sort of thing. So with that, I would ask questions that make you stand out from the previous nine people that have taken the call. So with that, I would ask them, you know, questions that showcase your ambitious, like I said, how was someone in this, in this type of position previously progressed in the company? That will just get the interviewer talking. You know, this person that you're talking to could have been, you know, could be the senior engineering manager that has been in the company from an intern to a senior manager. They can paint a beautiful picture of what success looks like. Mm -hmm. And it's just a really positive question to ask because you're thinking long term. You're not just thinking about what the job's going to be like, you know, first couple of weeks. You've got a, you know, long term focus. And then back to back the question i would always recommend people asking after that is what advice would you give someone to hit the ground running in the first three months those questions back to back very few people will actually ask those questions mm. they're super engaging super positive and again it just showcases that you're you're really thinking long term and then yeah like you can ask them a kind of a casual way um in terms of like how the role works like what does a day in the life look like what do you like about working here and then i would essentially kind of just leave it at that especially if it was at first round and then almost like an exit pitch you know rob thank you so much for taking the time really enjoy speaking with yourself again this is an opportunity i'm really excited about when should i expect to hear from you you should always set expectations and timelines at the end of an interview. And though those questions at the end just are all super positive and it's just going to make you stand out that little more than Joe Bloggs previously, mm -hmm. who's like literally read the first three lines off Wikipedia and is just asking like relevant questions that they could have got very easily from a recruiter. Um, and Wikipedia. And Wikipedia. Yeah. So yeah, it's just, I think the question at the end, it's just important to think a little bit outside of the box um, and just try to get the interviewer talking and not just having the same generic response that they would get from a lot of other candidates that are interviewing. Makes sense. So that'll be my two cents on, on that. Yeah. Thank you for listening to Talking Tech with Talent Hub. I'm sad to say that we've come to an end of our pilot season. However, I'm delighted to announce that we are back with Season 2 next spring, so keep an eye out for that on our social channels. In the meantime, don't forget to check out our LinkedIn group, Talking Tech with Talent Hub, to join in the conversation, and keep an eye out on our website, talenthub.ie, for our latest jobs. For myself, Rob, and Sarah, happy holidays, and see you in the new year. Cheers. <laughs>